48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The head of the International Monetary Fund issues a grim warning on the state of the global economy. The MTR Corporation gets a dressing down by legislators over an incident last month in which carriage doors were ripped off a train and people wanting injectable beauty treatments are reminded to get them from a doctor. The head of the International Monetary Fund has issued a stark warning on the global economy and expressed concern about the slowdown in China. Kristalina Georgieva says the chances of world growth dipping below 2% are increasing. Sean Kennedy has more. The last time global growth fell below 2% was at the height of the pandemic, and before that it was during the global financial crisis of 2009. But Ms. Georgieva said that previously that IMF thought the odds of this were about one in four, but now she said the likelihood was rising. She said she was especially concerned about slowing growth in China, which has been an engine of global growth. We have relied on China for a significant input in global growth, some 35, 40% of global growth used to come uh, from China's growth. And this is not the case now. It's not going to be the case uh, next year. The IMF expects more than a third of the global economy to shrink this year or next with the United States, European Union and China stalling. The IMF is set to give an update on its economic outlook in January and it's visiting China next week for talks. According to World Bank figures, the global economy slumped 3.3% in 2020 and 1.3% in 2009. Finance Minister Liu Kun told the ASEAN Plus 3 Economic Cooperation and Financial Stability Forum that China's economy will keep growing at a reasonable speed with stable employment and prices. Speaking by video link, Mr Liu said Beijing will continue to implement policies and strive to realise the goal of creating 11 million new urban jobs. The MTR Corporation has come under fire during a LegCo panel meeting with lawmakers accusing the firm of not being able to prevent an accident that saw carriage doors ripped off last month. The rail firm said it will submit a final investigation report in two months and complete a comprehensive survey of its trackside equipment, which is believed to have caused the incident within six months. The government was asked if it would impose heavier penalties on the railway firm, depending on how serious incidents are. Here's Deputy Secretary for Transport and Logistics, Amy Wong. We do have a penalty in terms of um, delays. In our day-to-day communication with the MTRC or in our inspection, if uh, we spot any uh, irregularities on the part of the MTRC, we can, depending on the situation, take follow-up action, uh, like uh, we can issue letters, uh, a letter to the MTRC highlighting all the procedures that have to be uh, undertaken to improve the situation. A plastic surgeon has reminded consumers to use doctors when receiving injectable beauty treatments. Dr Stephanie Lamb was commenting after four people at a beauty centre in Jordan were arrested after three women developed symptoms of botulism after receiving Botox injections. Dr Lamb told RTHK that even though it's very rare, with only around 30 cases in Hong Kong in recent years, early treatment was important as there was no antidote. The symptoms of botulism, it happens gradually uh, because it doesn't happen soon after the injection, but usually one or two days after. Patients may think it's due to something else. Unfortunately, though, these symptoms can progress to something more serious like breathing difficulty and uh, sometimes even requiring ventilation, assisted breathing. So that's why patients really should seek help early if they were you know, going to the same clinic or experiencing this similar symptom.
The Urban Renewal Authority is planning to redevelop an area near Shengwan's dried seafood and Chinese medicine district to add open space and make way for about 180 new homes. The site at Queens Road West and Kwai Hung Street covers an area of nearly 14,000 square feet. Some 100 families and 20 ground floor shops are expected to be affected. The URA says the buildings there average about 60 years old and are in poor condition. Mike Kwan is a general manager for planning and design at the URA. This is to restructure and to improve the belt environment, at the same time enhance the pedestrian connectivity and accessibility, walkability of the area. We adopt an integrated approach to carry out redevelopment and revitalization to provide new open space and uplift existing facility to meet community needs. The project is expected to be completed by 2032. Turning overseas, the case against a former political adviser accused of raping a colleague inside Australia's parliament building has been dropped because of concerns for his alleged victim's mental health. The BBC's Phil Mercer has more details. There was a night out back in March 2019 of various political staffers. Two of them, Brittany Higgins and Bruce Learman, ended up back at Parliament House in the Australian capital. Brittany Higgins alleged that she was raped by her former colleague Bruce Learman, vehemently denied the allegation. He went on trial in October, but that trial collapsed because of juror misconduct. And uh, we now have heard that there will be no retrial scheduled for February because of concerns for the health and well-being of Brittany Higgins. President Biden has said he's willing to talk to Vladimir Putin, but only if the Russian leader shows a desire to end the war in Ukraine. The US president was speaking at a news conference with his French counterpart Emmanuel Macron, who's on a state visit. From Washington, the BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher reports. President Biden called Vladimir Putin's actions barbaric and sick. He said he'd be willing to talk with the Russian leader if Mr. Putin showed a desire to end the war, and then only in consultation with NATO allies. The solidarity on Ukraine had been shadowed by French criticism of U.S. clean energy subsidies, which Mr. Macron said could kill jobs in Europe. But Mr. Biden appeared eager to ease these concerns, saying the legislation had glitches that could be solved. A bill to prevent costly industrial action on the United States' railway network has cleared Congress, with a bipartisan majority approving the measure in the Senate. The senators voted to impose a temporary agreement reached in September. This report from the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. Dozens of rail unions had backed a new agreement for companies to make sure that their workers got a pay increase, a $1,000 annual bonus and a cap on health care premiums. But four unions held out, saying they also wanted paid sick leave because otherwise workers would be forced to use their holidays in order to avoid being penalised. They were prepared to strike later this month. President Biden asked Congress to intervene so that could be avoided. The House passed a bill on the new agreement and now the Senate has two, paving the way for Mr Biden to sign it into law. The South African president, Cyril Ramaphosa, is facing mounting questions about his future after an inquiry found evidence that he may have committed misconduct. He's been consulting colleagues in the governing ANC after postponing an expected address to the nation. His spokesman, Vincent Magwenya, said all options were on the table and appealed for calm. Whatever decision the president makes, that decision has to be informed by the best interest of the country and that decision cannot be rushed and cannot be taken in haste.
The opposition have called for Mr Ramaphosa to resign. He's accused of covering up the theft of millions of US dollars in cash from his farm three years ago. An annual survey has found that New York and Singapore are now jointly the world's most expensive cities. They displaced Tel Aviv from the year before. The BBC's Harry Bly reports. A stronger currency, higher interest rates and inflation, synonymous with the rising cost of living, are all factors that make a city more expensive to live in. For New York City, that's in part down to the US dollar, which has strengthened against many other currencies as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. The biggest shifts were in Russia. St. Petersburg and the capital, Moscow, moved up 70 and 88 places respectively in the overall ranking. This was caused by import suppression, the conversion of European gas payments into rubles and dramatic price rises as a result of Western sanctions. Scientists in the United States say they've pinpointed where they believe an asteroid struck Mars more than three billion years ago, causing a mega tsunami. The researchers say analysis of maps of the red planet's surface from previous missions has yielded a crater 110 kilometres in diameter. It's located in the northern lowlands that research suggests were covered by ocean before Mars dried out. The 1975 film Jan Dielman by the Belgian director Chantal Ackerman has been chosen by a poll of cinema critics as the greatest film ever. Ackerman, who died seven years ago, is the first female director to top the poll. The BBC's Vincent Dowd has more. Since the poll in Britain's Sight and Sound magazine began in 1952, top place has gone to just two films, Citizen Kane and then last time, Vertigo. The French-language Jeanne Dielman is a very different non-commercial winner. It would now be called Slow Cinema and observes over three hours what appears the uneventful life of a Belgian widow. The magazine doubled the number of those voting and approached groups previously ignored. That's a very different take on what classic cinema is. To sports, where Japan have produced another famous win at this year's FIFA World Cup. The Blue Samurai stage a second-half comeback to beat Spain 2-1 to progress as group winners. Spain also qualified for the last 16, while four-time champions Germany are out, despite beating Costa Rica, as the BBC's John Bennett explains. At half-time in both games, it all seemed so simple. Headers by Morata for Spain and Gnabry for Germany put their nations first and second in the group. But two goals in five minutes for Japan against Spain changed everything. First, Simon failed to keep Doan's powerful shot out of the net. Then Tanaka forced the ball over the line. The referee thought the ball had gone out of play before the cross to Tanaka, but the VAR overturned that decision and the goal stood. Now Japan were top, Spain was second, and then things got even worse for the Germans when Taeda equalised for Costa Rica. One more goal for Costa Rica would now also knock out Spain. And it came, Vargas bundling the ball in. But Germany then saved Spain by retaking the lead, a Havertz double and Fulkrug with the goals. But the Germans exited at the group stage yet again on an amazing night for Japan. Elsewhere, Morocco came through against Canada, winning 2-1 to finish top of Group F. The BBC's Paul Serres reports. 
Morocco beat Canada 2-1 to top Group F and reached the World Cup knockout stage for the first time in 36 years. Morocco went ahead after just four minutes when the Canada goalkeeper Milan Bourjan sprinted out of his goal, only to pass the ball straight to Hakim Ziyech, whose lofted finish found the open net from 30 yards. Youssef Nesri then doubled Morocco's lead. An own goal from Naif Aguer allowed Canada back into the game just before the break, but they couldn't find an equaliser in the second half. It's Croatia who progressed as Group F's runners-up after their goalless draw with Belgium. The Belgians are out, despite finishing third in Russia four years ago and being ranked the second-best team in the world. They finished with just one win from three matches, scoring just one goal. They produced another lacklustre performance against Croatia, despite knowing a win would be enough to get them through. Substitute Romelu Lukaku missed a handful of glorious chances. After the match, Roberto Martinez stepped down as Belgium coach now that his contract has ended. Tension is building ahead of tonight's decisive World Cup rematch between Uruguay and Ghana. Luis Suarez has refused to apologise for his handball against Ghana in 2010. The striker was sent off in the last minute of extra time in the quarter-final for denying the Black Stars with a deliberate handball on the goal line. Asamoah Jen missed the subsequent penalty and Uruguay went through. Suarez was speaking ahead of tonight's game. I don't say they apologise about that because I take the handball, the ball, but... Uh, the Ghana player uh, miss a penalty, not me. Uh, maybe I can say apologize if I take a tackles and take injury the player and take a red card. Maybe I can say apologize. But in this situation, the red, the I take a red card. The ref say penalty. It's not my fault because I don't miss the penalty. Ghana a second in Group H going into tonight's game against Uruguay. Portugal, who've already qualified, face South Korea. Brazil have already qualified from Group G. They'll wrap up against Cameroon. Second place Switzerland plays Serbia. In cricket, Zach Crawley led four England players with centuries as they reached 506 for four, batting first against Pakistan in Raul Pindi. It's the first time England have played Test cricket in Pakistan since 2005. Their score was the highest ever on the opening day of a test match. Crawley's 122 was also the fastest century by an England opener. To the weather forecast, it'll be cool with sunny periods this afternoon, mainly cloudy tonight and winds will be moderate to fresh north to northeasterlies. The outlook temperatures will rise progressively over the weekend and there will be some sunny intervals. It'll be cool in the mornings early next week. Currently at the observatory, 19 degrees Celsius, humidity at 63%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The head of the International Monetary Fund issues a grim warning on the state of the global economy. The MTR Corporation gets a dressing down by legislators over an incident last month in which carriage doors were ripped off a train. And people wanting injectable beauty treatments are reminded to get them from a doctor. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two. Every time you tell me X, Y, Z, I already know your line to me. Already know it, by the way, by the way.
Nathan Dool and Salim Ahn on Radio 3 with Sweet Lies. Good afternoon, it's Friday and it's 17 minutes past one. In about 10 minutes or so from now, it's your World Cup, Mark 2. Sports and all with Danny Hicks. Yeah. 